we haven't had a Star Wars only after show in a long time. So we thought, let's do it. Let's take ourselves to the galaxy far, far away. If you're just a learning person and you don't like Star Wars, you can skip this one. But if you're like a good person, like a real person, (laughs) join us on this mini Star Wars after show on the Learning Geeks podcast starting right now. You know, it's like everybody's entitled to a wrong opinion, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those people, those Star Trek fans are, you know, you know, they can leave. But, you know, actually, I do have to say Star Trek Strange New Worlds is like, I think it's amazing. Hmm. I, I haven't have seen, seen that? that yet. No, but oh, I yeah. watched uh, Star Trek Beyond again the other night, which was. Oh, okay. It was a good one to catch up on. I'd forgotten yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this new series, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, that has the original Enterprise, Captain Pike, Mr. Spock, Uhura. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, in a different timeline. It, it's really, really good. I think it's actually the best Star Trek since the original series. I've, I've heard really good things about that one. Yeah. And is that on Hulu or where? It is on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. okay. Paramount Plus, so I recommend it. But we are here to talk about Star Wars and... As we were thinking about what we could talk about, I, I think since the last time that we really like focused on Star Wars for a while, we've had the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We are, at the time we're recording this, we're right in the middle of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser launch, and some of us have been on it. And by some, I mean me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've had Star Wars Celebration. You know, so we, we've gotten a little bit of a glimpse of what's coming. I Actually, at Star Wars Celebration, we got to see the first episode of the new animated show called Tales of the Jedi, which is going to be oh, spectacular. Yeah, that's right. And it was so, it was so good. Um, so there's a lot we could talk about. Where do you want to start? Maybe let's start with Book of Boba Fett. Okay, cool. Because I think what it, it's a good, I've, I've thought about this series a little bit more. Yeah. Because of Obi-Wan, I've kind of done some comparison. I think in the Star Wars land now with with, um, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, everybody, they have been doing, exploring more directors and Mm -hmm. approaching each episode. With Obi-Wan, we've had Deborah Child the whole time. Yeah. Right? And I would say that that has proven to be a very effective strategy, at least with this story. I agree. Um, so when I go back to Book of Boba Fett, yeah. in the order that it was presented, I was not a fan of the storyline. Okay. The back, the you know, looking backwards and looking in the um, the flashbacks, sorry, looking at the yeah. flashbacks, I thought that the idea of it was good. I liked, I liked actually liked him with the Tusken Raiders. Yeah. But there wasn't much stake in his, like, why he, was he being a crime lord? Uh-huh. I couldn't figure it out until about... F- Four or fifth episode, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but anyway, that that was just in terms of just overall overall story structure. Yeah, I just have seen this big difference between these two shows. Yeah, completely different stories. Just in terms of story and narrative, I have liked the way that Obi Wan has gone so far. Yeah, I agree. I I think with Boba Fett, I, I agree with the your comment about the directors 
right? Now, Mm -hmm. Robert Rodriguez was the showrunner for Boba Fett, and he directed, I think, three of the episodes. Yes. And Robert Rodriguez is... I like some of his stuff. He's not my favorite. He's not my favorite uh, director of all time. And it's because I, I think he does two modes with two different things he's created. He does either like Spy Kids, uh-huh. right? So he directed the whole Spy Kids series and he created that. And there's a definite tone to those type of movies. And then he does like the super ultra hyper violent movies like... From Dust Till Dawn is the only thing I can think of right now, but there's been a few others like that. When he came to The Mandalorian, he directed in episode two, the the episode where Boba Fett comes back. The episode, The Tragedy, where they kidnap... Uh, Which was fantastic. It was fantastic, right? It was a great it, episode. It was kind of in his From Dust Till Dawn mode, right? Like, that was mm-hmm. an intense, like, action, you know, kind of crime-focused type of thing. When he got to Book of Boba Fett... I saw a lot of the Spy Kids Robert Rodriguez come up. Oh, yeah. Right? With the speeders that weren't really speeders. He, they were like the slowest speeders in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And, yeah. you know, it just didn't it just didn't land for <laughs> they me. They were really slow. They were really slow. They were, the, right. That chase, I could have walked that chase right. and caught up with them. It was so slow. But, you know, it, it, it's kind of, it, it's it's really sad when, um, you know, the, the showrunner directs like three of the nine episodes or whatever. And those are the worst episodes. It's the ones that are directed yeah. by other people were the good ones. And like when it cut away to Mandalorian, it essentially became Mandalorian season 2.5 yeah. for two oh, yeah. episodes. Agreed. I love both of those episodes. That first one, which was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes. I thought it was, was amazing. Yeah. And it was yeah. amazing, too, because I went to see Jurassic World. Uh, Dominion last night and I was watching every time I saw Bryce Dallas Howard I was like she's the future of Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> she's right there and she's like you know in this terrible movie which I know I, that's why I was going to go to it sorry now we're trying Jurassic Park well we, we went Star Trek we can go here for a second I'll give yeah, you my just for, just for just for a second I was I had I was going to get tickets and then all the reviews started coming up I'm like that is a home movie. <laughs> yeah, it I kind of well, want to go to second. see it just to experience the dinosaurs and the big screen. The, the dinosaurs, right? Yeah, I, I'll t- I'll give you my ten second review of it. Is I think if you're a Jurassic Park fan, you should see it because seeing the original three characters back together, th- yeah. there's a chemistry there. Laura Dern is fantastic. You know, there's like a moment where. Laura Dern is interacting with the dinosaur and it made me tear up. It just thought me brought me back to that original movie, like the first time they see the dinosaurs and their life is completely changed. You know? One of my favorite One of my favorite is the original. Yeah, yeah. And that's my favorite scene in it. And so that aspect of it was great. But uh no, the movie is it's it is not a good movie. So <laughs> that's too bad. Watching it at home, I think, is completely sufficient. So um, but but Obi Wan on the other hand, I agree. Like Deborah Chow, I think has done a great job with it. I think it might be the most dramatic, character driven, you know, kind of uh, mature and intense Star Wars project that mm-hmm. we've ever seen. Yeah, and you know, and I'm not as into all of this as you guys are, but my layman's opinion is that the Obi Wan series to me feels more like Star Wars mm-hmm. than Mandalorian. Um, or Boba Fett. I mean, I see how those other fit into the world, but to me, Obi-Wan feels much more like it's authentic Star Wars. What? So I've heard that too. And 
from your perspective, why is that the case? What what makes it feel Star Wars? Uh, I think because I mean they quickly tied it back to Darth Vader. Um, mm-hmm. They they there's a lot of the original uh, concepts and ideas that you that I can relate to. Right, they're back mm-hmm. in Tatooine. Yeah. The the lightsaber things come up right away. Um, there's just a lot of things that just feel even in the imagery, right? The, the darkness and the lightsabers just zoom, zooming out in the darkness. Mm-hmm. It, it just feels more like part of the, the authentic universe. And, and you know, like, again, I, I understand why things like the Mandalorian, I, I understand how they fit in to the world. And I, I, that's a different part of the universe. And I, I, so I enjoy it somehow it doesn't feel as part of the authentic Star Wars world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I mean, if I think of Empire Strikes Back and at the end where it's the hallway scene mm-hmm. where Vader's like sneakily, like he kind of sneaks in and sees Luke and he's just, just playing with Luke the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But there's those really, it's just a dark scene. Yeah. You see the lightsaber that's really bright, like a lot of the same tone. Yes. Um, there's, yeah, that, strong i think what obi-wan is is a strong evil and good like extreme strong yeah or like evil oh, yeah. and good because yeah. i, I, I mean, don't think we've ever seen vader as evil as in episode three when he's trying to draw out obi-wan yeah. by just Obi-Wan. like snapping the the necks of villagers no, random people yeah. yeah 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 i mean yeah unbelievable he's at his peak of his terror exactly right now yeah um and I, I, but from a visual standpoint, it, it actually, I mean, I had my stereo cracked, cranked up, you know, my speakers and stuff down in my basement. And that was an intense moment. It kind of has this, like a little bit of a suspense thriller vibe Yeah. when he, when he's walking through. And I remember I was watching um, a video about the recap of that. And someone said that this is the, for the first time in all of Star Wars though, that I actually felt it was Anakin inside the suit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because of the way that they've set this up yeah. where we see Anakin, they flash back to Anakin in, in the tank and you see actually his face and you know it's him. And then he goes into the suit. He puts on the suit. They actually have that montage. Yeah. Either in episode yeah. one that's or two. Weird. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But you make it feel like, oh, yeah, that's actually Anakin yeah. <laughs> behind it. That was so good. And, you know, it was. I'm, I'm glad that you guys are liking it too because – I was at Star Wars Celebration. I got to see, you know, the world premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which meant... With a lot of people. Well, originally they said, you know, we get to see it five hours before everybody else. It was like started at seven when it released at midnight. And then they released at nine o'clock. So it was like, (laughs) it it was literally just like two hours early, which is great. But we were in the overflow room, like full transparency. Uh, but it was the real premiere. It was like all of the cast and crew were there. They all came out at the end. So uh, you you hit on the main thing, though, Jake, is I did get to see it in a big room filled with fans, and that was just a really special experience. But I, I was wondering, like, is this as good as I think it is because um, I got to see it with real people? And I think it is. And also, it just is a reminder of that communal experience of watching something. As much as I love all of the TV stuff that I've seen so far, uh, it's just not the same as when you're sitting in a big audience full of people who love it. I I agree. And I think, Dana, to your point, how it feels like Star Wars, 
I, me personally, I am. I love anything in the universe. Usually, right? I, well, yeah. I will critique I'm a, pretty a lot easy of things sell. in the universe, <laughs> but I am a pretty easy sell. Um, I get excited over the weirdest things. Sometimes you'll hear me yell. Well, you won't because I watch it by myself. But like I'm yelling at certain scenes. But in that, I think in this series especially, I think just going back to you have Darth Vader. You know, you know the arc of that character from before to after. You an Obi Wan. I think in this this instance, why I think it works so well. You saw Obi Wan as a super confident, sometimes overconfident individual in the prequels. Yeah, and then you saw them as this like true Jedi master right. in the you know in the originals, and then now you see a broken down, somewhat version of this guy. Yeah, that doesn't seem right, and you're seeing someone who's truly, I mean, really emotionally wrecked. Yeah. And like I can feel it, and 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 now we're on what episode four we just watched. So at that point, we are finally. He did the twirl. He did the lightsaber he twirl. Did. Like he's coming back. And I even when that hit, I was rooting for him. Yeah. <laughs> like because we've invested so much in these characters. I think well, like you said Dana, like it and, feels. And real. part of it is is what we're experiencing is the hero's journey throughout the entire arc of. The, the all of the different Star Wars episodes. We're seeing yeah. missing pieces that we didn't have before. Yeah. Obi-Wan is one of the clearest, like, hero's journey in Star Wars stories that there is. <laughs> even to the point, even though I was sitting next to my brother, and when Obi-Wan decides that he's going to go, he literally walks through the threshold to get onto the <laughs> ship. And I was like... He's walking through the threshold. Like, you know, anybody who's ever read Campbell has got to be like snickering at this because he is literally walking through. It's not like into a building. It's literally just a gate. So how intentional do you think that was with the director? I hope that she was smiling the whole time, which I love. But But that's why I think going back to just, you know, you just said his hero story and everything else. And we know his arc. But that's why I think the show is actually so unique is yeah. that you could take what you already know about this character, how how he started, how he ended, but I'm still emotionally invested and like have no idea what's happening yeah. with him because they're they're to be able to do like a it's basically a prequel because we already know what's coming. Right. To do a prequel and still have strong emotional stakes says something about the writing and directing yeah. of that of that show. Yeah. But you know what? We should probably wrap up because I have to go get a COVID test because <laughs> I'm leaving <laughs> on a cruise. I'm leaving on a cruise this weekend. I've got to prove to them that I don't have COVID anymore. But this was fun. It was good to it was good. No, to it was good to talk. Yeah, we've yeah, yeah, yeah. done one of these for yeah. a while. So lots to talk about in the Star Wars universe. Uh, thanks for joining us. Would love to hear your thoughts. You know, you know where to get us. Uh, other than that, pay attention and see our next or listen to our next Learning Geeks podcast, which will come out really soon. So thanks, everybody. Take Bye. care. Thanks, Bye. all.